Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by Jake and Frank. No Lunas today. It is Frank's birthday. Happy birthday to Frank. The grind doesn't stop. He's even here on his birthday doing the pod. Um, so happy birthday to Frank. You guys are all one step closer to gaining his identity and all of his cool fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> just need his mother's maiden name and so, um, social his security address. Yeah, social security. Um <laughs> Anyway, speaking of Frank, he also lost uh, in a brutal heartbreak fashion in our home league with the Najee Harris run to end out the game. Uh, just wrapping up some other loose ends. Congratulations to Parker in the third and 20 league, uh, our our own dynasty league that we ran. It was fun playing with everyone. Uh, hope to see you all again next year. Um, obviously, grind doesn't stop, though, so I'll probably be trying to make trades already after this episode's end. <laughs> Ends. um all right thank so you let's kick it off though yeah thanks everyone uh let's kick it off with the news and notes i guess big injury news uh gallup tours acl that will probably almost certainly be leading into next season um so that is frustrating was this his was this the last year of his contract too yeah yeah he was a I really hate to see it because I, I was really kind of expecting Gallup to move on and take on a bigger role on another team where he's not sh- overshadowed by the likes of CeeDee Lamb and, and Amari Cooper. But honestly, now with this injury, I, I kind of see him resigning with like Dallas on a one-year deal, prove his worth when he comes back healthy for the end of the season kind of thing and see what he could do. I, I, I could no definitely idea. see that. What's the timetable? Is he in jeopardy of missing the start of the season? I mean, ACLs I'd have to imagine. generally run, what, eight months minimum usually? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of like, all right, so Saquon, when did Saquon get injured? He, week two. Last year. Yeah, and it took him until it took him like a full year to get back up to speed. Now it's running back and it's not wide receiver. I don't know what the different positions mean. Um but yeah, I gotta imagine yeah, not he's not good. gonna be a hundred percent for the beginning of the season. I would assume he's not the year on the PUP and then comes off it in the middle of the season some point. So I'm That's wondering so. what is has his price even moved down to be completely honest? Like has it moved down? I, I, I don't know if it's moved cut, but significantly. It yeah, I, I don't know if Keep Trade Cuts had enough time to react to it, but uh, I just think it's it sucks to see, and I think people are going to shy away from him now. Not but, really. His price, at least on Keep Trade yeah, Cuts, hasn't moved down. Maybe a smidge it's moved down, but not really at all. Look, Michael... That is nuts to me. I didn't know that. Michael Gallup's ranked above Cortland Sutton on Keep Trade. Cortland Sutton's had a rough end of the year. Yeah, but, I mean, it's Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, and it's not like Michael Gallup's putting up significantly better stats than Cortland Sutton. Well, he, um, here's kind of what I wanted to say is, what if, kind of like my argument with CEH early in the season where he just got injured now, I think even with the, the recent injury news, it's not really going to be priced in a ton. I, I don't think, especially because you're going to have the managers that think, oh, yeah, well, next season 
whether they want to admit like, oh yeah, maybe he won't be healthy for week one, but they're thinking, okay, week three, week four, middle of the season, he should be fine and be ready to go. I'm kind of thinking, what if I could get off of him now, unless I really like him long-term, what if I got off of him now for a pretty damn similar price that, to what he was going to go for and just move into a juju or something else, another asset in a similar category, a similar tier that I think just has a better chance of gaining value unless I really like him and I want to stash him. Yeah, I, I'd try and move him for juju if I could. I, I think the the part that everyone's missing too is like the season's over for, for fantasy at least. So, you know, you're not going to realize that he's missing um, from your team and from the lineups that you're saying. So, is psychologically it's not going to affect you as much that he's going to be out for a long time. So yeah. Um, I think it's even a better scenario than CEH in terms of he I won't lose that much value because at least with CEH, like he was missing and then Daryl Williams was actually playing, <laughs> playing well for the, the chiefs. I, I, yeah. I, I'm moving Michael Gallup for anyone in those tiers. Cause I, first off, he's like, he's older than most players that are ranked around him. Um, isn't my, he only 26? 26 or 27, yeah. See, yeah. I, that, that's but, the one thing that I like about Gallup is that he's ready to go into this prime age to really start producing and get back to that 1,000-yard season and, and being a very – like a wide receiver, too, for my fantasy. I mean, now with the ACL injury, that might be out the window. But I, I just don't – when I'm looking at Michael Gallup's like talent level compared to the players that are around him, in the rankings, I just don't see Michael Gallup as the same kind of player. Obviously, you guys I mean, don't know how Gallup, I feel about Kadarius. Michael Gallup has put up an 1100 yard, you know, seven touchdown season in the NFL. He's a very talented wide receiver. I don't think that's the issue with Michael Gallup. He he did that as the wide receiver too on the Cowboys. Uh, like, I, I think that compared to Cortland Sutton having to be the main guy on the Broncos and doing it with freaking Drew Locke, like. I'd much rather have Cortland Sutton. I think I'd rather take the gamble on Michael Thomas coming back and being good again um, than I would Michael Gallup. Like, the, the players that are ranked around him on keep trade cut, just it doesn't feel like that's where Michael Gallup belongs, in my opinion. And if I can move off of him into basically any wide receiver in that tier, I think I would. I, I listen. I think that Michael Gallup is one of the more difficult players to rank, especially now with the injury. Because I, I liked buying him at that keep trade cut value. What he was like a a mid second around. Um, I thought that that was yeah. a decent purchasing price, especially com maybe not necessarily this draft, but dude, it's tough to get a guy with his profile and his success in the NFL in the second round. That like he's almost what you want some of your second round picks to turn into. But I don't know. It's weird. I guess I might try because the one problem I have with Gallup is that I, I think that you would really struggle to package him with like a first round pick and really get a premium asset on top of that first. Yeah. What I might like to do on top is just package him with, you know, a, a late first, move up a few picks if you want to do something like that, package him with a second, try to get a late first. Got to do just move up a little bit in the draft with them. See, I don't, I just don't think that the value is there to do something like that. I, I, because like we did that in our rebuild league with Darno Mooney, and even though Darno Mooney's had a pretty good season, I was pretty happy with that deal. 
because even now, Darnell Mooney was almost a top 24 receiver, may have actually cracked into the top 24 with his performance last week. You'd still be hard-pressed to get a first-round pick for him. I don't think he would be in most leagues. So, like, Gallup is now... I don't know. I think he's a similar talent level to Mooney, but you're not going to be able to get the value now with the injury unless you're moving for like a Juju or going down. Maybe you can move him for a Corey Davis and get something. I don't know. I I would try just because I think that the injury hasn't really set in on his price, both on keep trade cut. And I think that that is going to be reflected in leagues. You know, keep trade cut isn't perfect, but I do think that they've gotten it right in this scenario where his value really hasn't dropped all that much. I I trade Michael Gallup for according to keep trade cut. This is uh, a, a trade that you could almost certainly make. It's Tyler Boyd and a third, and they're like three hundred four, I'd say, for Michael Gallup. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you, JT. I'd rather go down to try and get a similar a receiver that I think is in a similar tier that the community might not be as high on that has a similar profile, similar talent level, all that. Maybe it's a little less sexy. Maybe they're a little bit older, but you'll get production and then you can get another rookie pick. And it doesn't have to be this year. You could go for that 2023 third. You could go for that 2024 third. You could go for a pick swap, um, a 2020, like you offer a third this year and you get a second in 2024. It's not going to be the sexiest deal, but you're obviously not going to get a sexy deal for a guy that just tore his ACL. uh, And it's in this kind of scenario where he's, not necessarily had a down year, but it's not the year that you were praying for by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, I, I just mentioned Tyler Boyd, and let's just talk about the Bengals. Um, Can I hide? nuclear again. Can yeah, you, oh. you should, Frank. You really <laughs> should. I really Bengals should. Sell-all Bengals guy. They went nuclear against Jake's sell-all Ravens uh, last week. Then this week they just went nuclear again <laughs> against – uh, reigning Super Bowl losers, Kansas State Chiefs. Um, just crazy stuff from Joe Burrow in back-to-back games. I think he has nearly a thousand yard passings and a thousand yards passing in the past two weeks. Um, Jamar Chase broke the the rookie season rookie receiving record in the sixteen games. He didn't need a seventeenth game to do it, uh, which will create problems for the future, but it doesn't matter now. It only took him 16 games. T Higgins was still awesome. Tyler Boyd even looked good. Like just this whole Bengals offense as a whole just did the opposite of what Frank was telling you <laughs> during the off season. And I, I do think they're going to be disappointment in the playoffs, but I think in terms of like an actual team and like what they have uh, to build around, I do think they are a force for the future. Absolutely. I, I just think they don't have enough experience for this year in the playoffs. I think they're going to struggle. You know, most of that team's first playoff appearance will be this year. Um, but in the future, this team's, at least on the offensive side of the football, is just absolutely loaded. They have the core of Burrow, Chase, Higgins, and Mixon locked up for the next four years already. So uh, this team is doesn't look like it's going anywhere in the AFC North over here. My My one issue, though, is... I think the play of Burrow and, and the receivers and even Joe Mixon is masking Zach Taylor as a coach. Because he just has so Zach much Taylor talent that you can't mess this up. <laughs> I mean, it, it took them over half the season to start passing the ball at an above average rate. Like, that to me is ridiculous. 
they ran like eight goal. They almost blew the game against the Chiefs because of how many goal line plays they ran. Like the end of that game, everyone across the nation was just going kick it. Yeah, <laughs> I get that it worked out in the end, but it took some lucky flags and everything. And you, you know, it it was lucky that they were able to end the game the way that they did. Um, See, my my question more on this whole Bengals topic is like, okay, Jamar Chase, wide receiver one. Like a wide receiver, whether I I still think that Justin Jefferson's the wide receiver one, but fuck it, moot point. They're both really fucking. There, good, there's right? no question they're wide receiver one and two. I think at this point. Yeah, and and yeah. if you have Jamar Chase, whether he's wide receiver one, two, three, he's up there, right? That's mm-hmm. not a question. My question mark more so is Joe Burrow because I I like Joe Burrow coming out. I in my quest of being wrong on the Bengals was not comfortable drafting Burrow in that top five super flex startup where I was very comfortable drafting a guy like Justin Herbert. And I've seen that there are people that are now ranking Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert and even into possibly like a top three dynasty quarterback. Do you guys agree with that? Or do you think that it's just a little bit recency bias and he's getting a little bit inflated? I think it's a bit of both. I mean... Listen, Joe Burrow's super talented, number one overall pick, but he obviously and he has his best friend playing wide receiver on the outside. T. Higgins is no schmuck on the other side. Um, this this offense is legit. I, like I said, I just worry that that he can't keep up this this pace. And like we've seen it, like Joe prior to the past two weeks, Joe Burrow has had to have the game of his life to even put up like twenty five plus points in fantasy. He's really struggled to to have those big games. Um, so I don't know if he's tech like up in that top three of dynasty quarterbacks, but he's definitely top seven at worst. I think, I think he's definitely got, moving up the ranks. Yeah. I'd probably be okay. Missing out on, on Joe Burrow at the price he's going to be at in startup drafts. Cause I, I do think people will take him as high as three or four. Um, and to me, there's, you know, Obviously, Mahomes. I still would rather have Herbert. Uh, Josh Allen, definitely. Um, just because with Josh Allen, too, you get that rushing upside. Kyler, I think, with his rushing upside and stuff. And he, he's still producing even all his injuries and all the injuries to the team. Uh, Kyler still looked good. So once you get past those four, I'd say, then it gets – a little murkier and, and to that point I think you can start the conversation of if you want Joe Burrow but like Jake was saying like it took him two games of his life to really be fantasy relevant um, it's just the question of I think I hit him and Lamar and neck and neck for me is what I'll get it down to like, like, like him, Lamar, Dak I see Trey Lance is ranked that high I I have Trey Lance in our home league. I don't think I I can put Trey Lance that high yet. I get the upside. Yeah, I get the upside is there potentially, but like we we are seeing everyone else hitting this upside and they're all young. Like it's not like they're significantly older than Trey Lance. Like they're all young. So uh, to me, I, I, I would not be upset with you if you're putting Joe Burrow in your top five, but if you have him in your top three, I think now we're starting to really overinflate him. Man, I don't. I I still think I'd rather. Maybe it's a little bit team context because if I'm a hard rebuilder, I think that Joe Burrow is just a good quarterback to park your value in. Um, especially because like he's the type of dude 
um, if you're starting to get on that uptrend of your rebuild, like he could be a, a nice QB one. And you're thinking like, okay, at worst, he's going to be a low end QB one, high end QB two, right? At worst, that's like a floor scenario at this point with a mid QB one as like what you're expecting out of him. If you need to park your value in a guy, yeah, he's a good quarterback to pick up. But I, I kind of agree with you guys. In startup drafts, I, I still think I'd rather have the upside of Lamar, even though there's the longevity questions. I, but I'm not going to, like, flame anyone at this point for, for drafting Joe Burrow over Lamar, um, especially if you're going for that uh, – what's, what's that strategy called? The productive struggle? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, if you're going with a productive struggle and you're going to try and pick up some draft capital to do some trade downs, kind of – do like like a slight tank year one after your startup and then look to pounce year two and, and on the Joe Burrow could be a great little startup pick at the mid mid part of the of the first round. If he's right. there. Well, I know I just touched on Trey Lance, but why don't we move on to Trey Lance? Um had second star against the Texans. Look I, I would say significantly mm. better than he did against the Cardinals. Yeah, okay. Uh, he, I, I saw a lot of hype for him. I like he had good plays. He definitely had bad plays too. Uh, I don't know. I just when I look at him and when I look at Jimmy G, I just think he gives you so much more upside that like I don't know why you didn't start him like four weeks ago. Because like they're similar quality players. Why not just get your rookie more more game time? Why don't you give him more sessions on the actual field? Like. I just don't think Jimmy G is winning you more games than Trey Lance. And if Trey Lance is the guy that you spent three first-round picks on, why are you not putting him on the field and giving him, you know, slowing the game down for him? I just I don't see it. I don't know. You're talking about a team that was losing at halftime to the Texans with Trey I mean, Lance this is a Texans team that just beat Justin Herbert and, you know. Uh, it's not like they're not. Yeah, but a terrible I, I team. think that the 49ers are just a better team than the Chargers, especially because, you know, the, the Chargers defense was a little bit banged up last week. You know, Davis Mills was thrown all over. I, I mean, the Chargers offense was not the problem with them against the Texans. You know, you have a banged up Austin Eckler, you have a banged up defense. Um, you had a couple of offensive players get injured, I'm pretty sure, the week before as well against, um, against Kansas. They played Kansas City the week before, right? Or is that two weeks? Regardless, like I think that there's a little bit more excuses for for Justin Herbert in that performance than there was for Trey Lance in this performance. I I think that there's a reason that Jimmy G was playing. If Jimmy G's healthy, I think I would play him. Um, to be completely honest, I like Trey Lance. I, I understand there's the upside, but I'm looking at this price and I just think he's kind of overvalued. You could trade him one for one for Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, like. I'm sorry, if, if I can get Christian McCaffrey one for one, if I could get Jalen Waddle, I'm not even the biggest Jalen Waddle guy, but I think I might do that one for one. Trey Lance for Jalen Waddle? I, I just no. think Trey, Trey Lance is probably... Are, are you saying you wouldn't do that, Jake? I wouldn't trade Waddle for Trey Lance right now. Oh, I wouldn't trade Lance for Waddle. Ooh, I battle. Think, yeah. I, <laughs> I think Lance is just that next guy of... He could give you that game-breaking upside that we see from Jalen Hurts, that we see from Lamar, that we see from all these players that can run. Like, he's just got that, like, Jalen Hurts has been just 
statistically speaking, according to all the big analytics and stuff, Jalen Hurts has been an average to slightly above average quarterback. But because of his rushing upside, he's like he's been a QB one like basically every game he's played this season. So I think that's what we could see with Trey Lance. It's just and with Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G was just taking you however far Debo could take him. Like we saw games where Jimmy G didn't have Debo specifically against Seattle, where this offense was just didn't do anything. Like I, I think at least with Trey Lance, like obviously if Debo's not in, it's going to hurt the offense. But I think this is still an offense that can push the pedal more because Trey Lance does like to throw it down the field more. He's not perfect with the football. Like he hasn't, he, he's he's not good at protecting the ball, but neither was Jimmy G. Like, Jimmy G was turning it over, too. And Jimmy G was, like, the leading quarterback in terms of turnover-worthy plays that weren't turnovers. So I, I just think when we're talking about Trey Lance and, and you have the opportunity to get someone who's only, like, 21 or 22 years old at the potential upside that he is, I, I don't see why you would trade him for a receiver – like Jalen Waddle, who is a wide receiver one, I guess. Yeah, like a low, lower end wide receiver one. Like if we're talking potential top five quarterback versus potential top eight receiver, I'd much rather have the potential top five quarterback. I just think I'm going to go for the – you. like your whole argument is – he can be, he can be, he can be. When you can trade for guys that have already proven it. You're talking about the likes of Christian McCaffrey, the likes of Jalen Waddell, who's going to set the rookie receptions record. Like, you're putting in all these guys that have done it already. And he has started two games. And, like, I don't get me wrong, I love Trey Lance. I had him at QB2 heading into the rookie draft season. I like Trey Lance, and I still think he has a lot of opportunity to succeed. But to get a guy that could just elevate your team regardless of position in like a top running back, a top receiver for a guy that's played two games. I just don't see how you don't do that. Yeah. Lap Lappy's in the chat. Jimmy G's eight and five and Lance is one and two with his only win coming against the Texans. Um, in uh, terms of I, like, why is Jimmy G playing right now? Um, I, I, I'm kind of just more on Jake's side. Like, I, I don't think that Trey Lance is a bad player. I really don't think, like, if you're getting any we, five of these players, you're really time upset out. We or just, anything. Frank, we're on a Dynasty podcast, and we just use QB wins. We just use well, QB wins. Yeah, yeah you're, right, you're right. That's, yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. But, I mean, in terms of why, also, Trey why Lance Jimmy has two playing starts. right now. Um, well, that's exactly what I said. He's only had two starts. And, yes, I still no, love but, him. But, we're, but we're there's saying a lot he's of one and two. That... He's one and one. But and, my, and my one biggest, my biggest problem is that I kind of like rushing upside when it's underpriced to me, right? Lamar in the rookie draft was going late first. And even aside from the year that Lamar was the consensus 102 in startups, like last year, or I guess this year, Lamar was like that sixth QB off the board, right? He's kind of that de facto five or six outside of the top five. Um, and basically outside of Kyler Murray, all the best running quarterback or Kyler Murray and Cam Newton, all the best running quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Great player. The guy was barely worth a first round pick when he was a consensus QB one in terms of the fantasy rankings in the middle of the year. And it kind of took some of these recent Eagles winning performances and him starting to play better for him to be, okay, now we're ready to, to call him a 
easy first round pick type of quarterback. Um, so I'm kind of more with Jake. I, I, I think Trey Lance is good. I am. I just rather have the other players that I just mentioned. Cooper Cup, Jalen Wild, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel, I think I might move for Trey Lance, to be honest. But and maybe Cooper Cup just because of the age. But Waddle and CMC, I I think I'd rather have over Lance at this point. I mean, I like Waddle, but and, and we're talking like it, it's not baked in. I I mean it is baked in to some extent, I think, the the risk that we're talking about. Because if Trey Lance not, does, he's already in top ten dynasty quarterback. Like but if he, that price if is he, so high already. Like the how, like in best case scenario, what does he move up to? Like quarterback six, seven, three, two, two or three. If if Trey Holmes Lance has Holmes and Josh Allen aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They're gonna be supplanted Tra- at the top of the quarterback rankings for the next at minimum three years. So so Trey Lance has had in his he played he played a half against Seattle and then he he played the the two starts right so that's 20 he had three games oh, two and a half games he rushed the ball 28 times that's that's over 10 rushes a game that's that's an additional quick math there bud yeah well with the two and a half and, and the, you know quick it's pretty easy math but anyway he's he's also getting like he he had in his just limited game. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he, he, he had like 160 rushing yards in two and a half games. Like like we're talking about Lamar level rushing and, and passing. Like I feel like if we were a dynasty podcast at the time Lamar was playing, we'd be having this exact same conversation about Lamar. And I, I just think Trey Lance, yeah, he's a little more reckless than than what Lamar does, but he's also He's a physical guy. It's not like he's getting beat down by all these linemen and everything. I don't know. I, to me, I just think it, it, it's the same conversation, except Trey Lance has even better draft capital. And, and there's not easy ways to replace Trey Lance for, for the 49ers if he's not good. All right, that's fair. All right, let's move on. Unless you, anyone got any, right. anything else to say? Moving on. Uh, oh my god! Now I have to defend another quarterback back to back. <laughs> well, we we already we already kind of did this last week, but Baker was just terrible against the the Steelers. He got sacked like nine times. Um, I I don't understand why the the Browns just did not turn to Nick Chubb that entire game. I mean, I get that you're out of the playoffs and everything, so maybe just don't rub Chubb into the ground, run Chubb into the ground. But there, there was a point in this game where Baker had 10 incompletions in a row and Nick Chubb was standing on the sidelines with a coat. What is going yeah. on? You want to know like, this Kevin, Kevin Stefanski should have been fired on the fucking spot. You have a top running back. Your quarterback is trash. The Steelers have a bottom five run defense in the league. What are you doing? You want to know what they were doing? This I, I know exactly what the scenario was because I've seen it before. This is Ned Stark in King's Landing after Jamie Lannister oh, or, or the Lannister <laughs> stuck the, the freaking pole through his knee. He's got no friends over there. Dude, 
I think that they were hanging him out to dry for a couple reasons. A, I think they were trying to test Baker to see, like, oh, can you carry us against Pittsburgh? And B, dude, I think that they may have just been, like, kind of throwing him out there for reason A. And then reason B being, if he plays like shit, we have some leverage in this contract negotiation. Like, I think that they were kind of going out there and being, like, Hey, dude, are you a franchise quarterback? Are you going to go out here? Because we have nothing to lose, right? We're already mathematically eliminated from, from the playoffs. Like, I, I think that that organization was saying to Baker, hey, we don't care if your plan hurt. It's time right here, right now to prove if we're if you're worth giving this big extension to and, and all that and, and trying to prove if you're a franchise quarterback. And the dude is out there with his walking stick like Ned, Ned Stark was out there in King's Landing. And and Kevin Stefanski sentenced him to the freaking chopping block. I, I have a hard time defending that, but all right. <laughs> I just I just don't understand it. Like, Dude, what, coach, what other reason? You're a run first team, and you're running back. The Steelers have the worst run defense. He's averaging over six yards a carry, and the guy's got a jacket on the whole game. They're playing Dearness fucking Johnson. They, they and then they're throwing every play like dude they they were freaking throwing baker out there to dry and like even i don't know it, it was a fucking mess it was a fucking mess i i think it was because they they wanted to see hey baker can you go out there and carry us i don't know tim in the chat saying chubb had a reported rib injury i don't buy it he looked fine his helmet was on he could have come back in that game um, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see what Frank's saying. I, I just, I don't understand what we are talking about before the pod too. I don't understand why like the, this Browns offensive line, which I thought we all understood was like a, a above average offensive line. I thought just look like did not do Baker any favors. Like they did not help Baker out. They, they didn't keep their hands inside and were like punching the, the defensive linemen when they were raising their hands to, to bat the ball because that's what you're trained to do. Like you just want to knock the wind out of someone if they ever give you their chest to, to you know, they, they weren't doing any of that. They, they were letting people just run straight by him at Baker. Uh, you could see Baker's frustration at the end of the game when he like ripped off a long run and instead of Stop, like stepping out of bounds, which he could have easily done at any point. He lowered his injured shoulder into a, a Steelers line uh, secondary player. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think part of it, he was hung out to dry to, you know, contract negotiations should certainly be in the Browns' favor. They should have leverage. But if the Browns don't go with Baker, who will they go with? Well, they, they picked up his one-year extension, but I think that they just wanted to see, like, do you have what it takes to really be the guy? You know, be the guy. And he's going to get a chance next year, right? Because, like, they just don't have the ability to move around, really. But I think that in the back of their minds now, they know, hey, we don't have a franchise quarterback. We have a guy that's still a question mark. And that's going to be on their mind now with the decisions that they make going forward. They may not go all in against the cap with a Baker Mayfield led offense. Um, They may maybe trade back or maybe more willing to trade back to acquire more picks just in case they need ammunition in, in a, in the 2023 or 2024 draft or something to go up and get a potential quarterback or kind of with the cap space, go out there and get one of these top quarterbacks or maybe, 
maybe they're they will be in conversation to get one of the top quarterbacks. Who knows? I, I think that they'd have a tough time getting them, but I we had this discussion last week too, though. I just I don't think like these quarterbacks are better than Baker. Well, like, I was thinking more like Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, oh. Russell Wilson, kind of like not not this because yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that they would draft a quarterback either unless maybe one completely fell into their lap that they really liked. If you're Russell Wilson or Deshaun or Aaron Rodgers, do you really want to go Cleveland? No. no. Is that where you want to end up? And, like, let's give Baker some credit. Like, I know he had OBJ, but other than that, you you have to deal with an aging Jarvis Landry and then Anthony Schwartz and Domin Peoples-Jones. It's not like he's got that elite receiving core. Like, you know, let's call it what it is. This team is a run-first team. They're built as a run-first team. They have one of the top running backs in the league. They should run the ball, but that's not what they did. And <laughs> it yeah, showed why. Lappy said, if any franchise quarterback is out there hanging their quarterback out to drive for contract leverage to type of run team, I don't necessarily – I think my argument came off a little bit wrong. It's like they were asking Baker Mayfield, be a franchise quarterback. Be the Joe Burrow of of this team. Go out there – and win us a football game against a division rival. And because he was unable to do that, now if if he's going out there and asking for a mega extension, it's like, well, we have a game we can point to and say, hey, we asked you to be a franchise quarterback in Pittsburgh, 7-8. and eight. This could have been a game, and it, they were expecting this to be a game at the beginning of the season where this is basically playoffs on the line. And not only did you come up short, you came up super short. You looked horrible. So all right, let, let's start going to more of the dynasty perspective, though, because I imagine his price on keep trade cut has just hit the fucking getter. Um, I think it's an early second from what I saw on really? Twitter recently. Yeah. From what I saw on Twitter, it's an early second. So it's almost like a mini panic meter segment. JT, we're, we're probably know that you're not going to panic. I guess it's up to me and Jake no. then. Jake, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Are, is this a panic meter level performance? Are you are you easy selling for the early second and cutting cutting ties? Yes, I I just we've done our our mocks for this upcoming draft. If I can get one of those top picks in the second round, I think I do it. I think a lot of those players have a lot of high end upside, and I would just rather go for that and re roll. And even if you you could probably land the likes of like a Desmond Ritter. And then the beginning of the second round, and if you well, Desmond are, Ritter is not better than Baker Mayfield. Listen, like I mean, zero percent Desmond Ritter is better than Baker Mayfield. Listen, I am so confident on that. Okay. I'm more confident than Kadarius Tony being bad than I am. Like I'm more confident in Desmond Ritter not being better than Baker than I am Kadarius Tony being bad. The, the the player <laughs> named is not the point. Even like we saw. On the, the Dynasty Nerds, they're ADP for all these guys. Sam Howell and, and um, Sam they, were Howell, late for, they were all late first. If they fall to the beginning of the second very easily based on just, like, other position players rising, like, it, you could easily scoop a guy that is a first-round quarterback, maybe an early second quarterback in, in that beginning of the second round. And I think that's something I'd rather do. Or I can go with the high-end you could probably get Kyron Williams, George Pickens. There's uh, maybe Jamison Williams. There's so many guys in the beginning of this first round that I would just rather have than Baker Mayfield right now, who's looked so bad, so bad that back end of the season. I know he's hurt. And I know Nick Chubb's missed time. Kareem Hunt's missed time. They cut Odell. Like, they've had a lot going on. But that does not excuse how he's played. He's just played 
absolutely atrocious. I, I think I'm with JT here, though. I, I think that I'm holding firm holding Baker Mayfield because, dude, I, I think that we've seen a similar thing with a worse quarterback in Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff is a guy that on a better roster played pretty trash, right, and was traded. But we saw at the beginning of the season, you might have been able to get a, a late first-round pick for Jared Goff. I think on Keith Trade Cut, he was worth more than that 2022 late first. And I think that there were times post-Rams, and even when he was still on the Rams, where you could trade him for that first. Baker Mayfield, he is priced around Alexander Madison, Dalton Schultz, James Conner, Robert Woods. I think That's realistically, so I think That's realistically so in leagues, he's worth a little bit more than that. In these super flex leagues, I think he's getting too much hand on keep trade cut right now. I would not take this 2,900 rating at face value. I think he's a little bit higher than that in, in most leagues. But I think that if you hold... The diamond hands would be rewarded. We've seen it before. If there's a quarterback that's going to turn it around, it's one with early first-round draft capital. We've seen the flashes from Baker before, specifically last season, where second half of last season, he was playing phenomenally, right? He was a top-five quarterback, statistically speaking, at the back end of last year, leading the Browns to their first playoff win in a long-ass time. Um, like, first playoff appearance, let alone playoff win. Yeah, I think that if a panic sell here is a bad move, I would much rather diamond hands this scenario. He's just an inconsistent quarterback. That's just what he is. Um, so well, yeah. I, I would wait to get off the roller coaster when we start going back up. The, the torn labrum just is not getting enough play either. Where it's like, just try and throw a ball without this shoulder. I get that you know it's not your throwing shoulder. If it's your throwing shoulder, you'd probably be out for the season. But yeah, you like you use both your arms to throw a ball. Like you use your upper body to throw a ball. Like it, it's not maybe it's not hindering him like his his throwing motion, but it can't be comfortable. And you gotta add in he has the sling on top of that. Like I don't know. I, you give me a healthy Baker Mayfield, I think this season is a much different story. Then I have Tua in the third and twenty league, right? And I have Baker in our home league. If you're asking me which one I, I like their future outlook on, it's a toss-up. And I think Tua's being valued a lot more than Baker right now. You put a healthy Baker on the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins are in the playoffs this season. And not only that, I think they're um, you know, contending uh for for the AFC East um position. Like I just think Baker offers much more. Like, he can push the ball down the field much more than a player like Tua. Like, Tua is just that guy that he's going to play conservative. He, he's not going to turn the ball over as much, but he's not going to let a deep one go while Baker will do the opposite. And to me, I I, I'd rather just roll the dice on Baker. Because if Baker hits and Baker comes back healthy and has a good season next year, what's Baker's value? It's probably like a mid-first. Yeah, I think, I think, like, if he comes back, you'll be able to get a late first for him. I think if he comes back and he's healthy and he has a good season, that's a, that's a mid-first. Well, see, the other thing, too, though, last point, is that I think that if, if it doesn't work out in Cleveland, he'll get another shot somewhere else. Because yeah, you will have seen it before. Just because he's shown the flashes before, there's going to be a coach thinking, it's fucking Sam Donald got another shot. And Baker showed a lot yes, more than Sam Donald. He's significantly did. better than Sam So Donald. I think that if it doesn't work out in Cleveland, they don't pick up his extension, he's going to get another shot. And I just think that there's going to be a better sell window than now and this offseason. Fair. All right. 
Frank, on to your guy, Zach Wilson. Dude, I- I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to come out here and say I think that Zach Wilson's easily the most underpriced elite quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, elite the guy- is a strong word. Dude, I- I'm so- I've been watching all these Jets games recently. I went back and I watched all his throws you. from all the YouTube videos and whatnot. Like, Zach Wilson's been playing a lot better. I feel like no one is giving him credit for Like, he's not going to necessarily – he hasn't been lighting up the stat sheet. But then again, his best receiver is easily Braxton fucking Berrios. Like, he's throwing the damn – the Jets easily lead the league in drops, right? It's a clown fiesta of receivers. This is a team that Sam Darnold couldn't score three points with that Zach Wilson's actually going out here and improving under. And, dude, like last week against the Bucs, the guy was slinging the pill. He had a bunch of really sick plays. Like, and he's still – I mean, his value's been going up. But I still think that his value is way under what it needs to be uh, or what it should be. So I just kind of want to come out there and say that. Fucking buy. Hammer the buy. Uh, Joe Herbert's in the chat saying a first for Mayfield. We didn't say he's worth a first right now. We say if he comes back healthy and plays and he has a solid season next year, he'll be certainly be worth it first. Because you got to remember, he's still a young quarterback um, who had a good season. We saw Sam Darnold, after two or three good games on the Panthers, get traded for more than a first. Like, Jared Baker's Goff significantly well. Jared off the first three yeah. weeks of the season when he was he was a statistical also, top 12 QB. I'm pretty sure Joe Herbert was in the chat a couple weeks ago saying he, he's not trading Tyler Huntley for less than a first, <laughs> which was absurd. That's fancy football. Um, we're getting crazy in the chat if we're thinking Tyler Huntley is a first, and, and we think, all right, whatever, moving on. Zach Wilson, what are you um, giving? Wait, hold on, what are you giving up for Wilson? That's a good question because I his price has been all over the place in our rebuild league. Now, this is kind of at the bottom case for Zach Wilson. We gave up James Connor, Odell, and, and Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, when Cam Newton just got picked up for Zach Wilson, we were very happy with that deal. To be to be completely honest, now I might sound like a crackhead. I would give up a top five pick in this rookie draft probably for Zach Wilson. Like if I have picked one one hundred four or one hundred five, I think I would be. And I, the thing is, I don't even think you have to give up that. I think you could get something back if the owner is is panicking on Zach Wilson. Now that being said, I think it's just a better move to to try and trade a, a similarly priced player instead of going the draft pick route for Zach Wilson, because the, the people that drafted him are going to be like, oh, well, I drafted him at 107. Like, I want a 107 or a 104. This is a weaker rookie class. I want a 104. Like, I, I think that you could go out there. Let me see what, what similarly priced, like, receivers are around him. Amon Ra, Mike Evans, and Travis Etienne are apparently around him. Like, I'd dude, easily trade Amon Ra for Zach Wilson. I'm not like, even a Zach you know, Wilson guy. Like, I would <laughs> trade him a Mike Evans, Keenan Allen – for Zach Wilson pretty easily. Look, it, it, like if you could pull that off. I'm I'm not a Zach Wilson guy, right? I, I've consistently been the lowest guy on Zach Wilson on this podcast. I, but I just, when we look at this year's quarterback class and you're trying to fix your quarterback position, like I don't think Matt Corral or Sam Howell or any of the other guys are, are significantly better than Zach Wilson if they even are. Like I think Zach Wilson would easily be in the conversation of the top quarterback in, in this class. Um, Kane Pickett, too. I, I'm just not a Kane Pickett guy. But um, so, yeah, I, I'd give up 
Yeah, I'll name in, some in more this names. Class, uh, Amon right. Ra, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, AJ Dillon. Um, All those you should give up the, for Zach Wilson. The only one I'd struggle with is Mike Evans, but the others, yeah, the others I'm giving up. Yeah, I think I that think trade might look annoying at first, especially if Brady comes back and Mike Evans is like pulls out another top twelve season. But I think long term that that's a pretty decent move. Mac Jones for Zach Wilson plus what? Ooh, um, that's an interesting one. I mean, to be completely honest, I would take Zach Wilson probably over Mac Jones, just standardly. Yes. And I was high on both of those dudes coming out of the rookie draft, like. I mean, I, I wonder what the consensus difference is between the two of them. So, so according to keep trade, keep trade cut, Mac Jones is equal to Zach Wilson plus Brevin Jordan, which so like basically not, nothing. So maybe I would try to look for like a third or like a a third for like a three for two swap, like trying trying to get that second for third swap in your favor. Maybe you could try something like that. Um. Maybe you just try to upgrade for a player like Mac Jones and I, I don't know. Maybe you try to pick up like a Juju in that deal and you try to get Juju for a pretty fair price, something like that, or a Corey Davis, one of those underpriced receivers for a, a good draft pick if the guy's looking to get rid of Wilson. The, I think the one problem with Zach Wilson is that you're going to have the people like me, the crackheads. Who are like, oh, Zach Wilson's a top ten quarterback, and if you have one of those guys in your league, it's it, it's going to be tough to trade for him because I ain't trading Zach Wilson for cheap. I'll tell you that right right now, and I have him in a bunch of leagues. But just um, coming from what we got for him in our rebuild league, I do think it's possible. On a points per game basis, in this year, Mac Jones was QB twenty eight, while Zach Wilson was quarterback thirty six. On points now. One of those games includes the game where Mac Jones passed it for three times, which isn't exactly <laughs> fair. But on a points per game basis, it's like two points per game or one and a half points per game. I don't know. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I like Mac Jones, but I don't think Zach Wilson has played like as bad as people would perceive Zach Wilson played. I mean, there's still more improvement that you need to see happen, but dude, that, yeah. that offense is a shit show, and they drop a ton of passes. That that those receivers can't catch a damn ball, you know, because yeah, everyone's it... everyone's first thing against them is the damn completion percentage. But it's like, dude, I can just I would beg to say that they have probably dropped ten percent of his passes. That's a lot. I'd like to see the red zone yeah. efficiency too, because I have no idea what it was, but like. You can't convince me that there's any Jets player that is significantly like like any any I don't know what words I'm trying to say here, but any any player on the Jets in the red zone was as efficient or even close to efficient as like Hunter Henry for Mac Jones, where it's like you you have and you don't have the run game with Damian Harris that that you know that the Patriots had like Mac Jones was able to manufacture points through the red zone specifically Hunter Henry. Where you're just not getting that with Zach Wilson because the Jets' offense is just significantly worse, which is saying a lot because the Patriots' offense, like the the weapons are are not anything special. All right. Yeah, I I just think that Zach Wilson's ceiling is higher than Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones is stable; he's a good player. I like Mac Jones a lot. 
I was really high on him this year. It's just, dude, I, I'm taking Wilson easily. Especially because we, we've seen recently Zach Wilson has been more involved in trying to get his legs involved, especially against man coverage you've seen, which has definitely helped his he fantasy games. Like, run. dude, in five games, he has four rushing touchdowns. So, like, and you saw last week, like, he's just finally starting to put it together, and it seems to be not priced in to me. Maybe it is in some leagues, and it probably is, but I would test the waters at least. All right, we yeah, got to move on. I'm I'm holding us up too much. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so selling the good players at the, the tier that they're like, selling you want me to explain good it? players for, yeah, you probably do a better job than me. All right, so <laughs> I, I came up with this segment I was thinking of because I see on Twitter all the time, everyone's like, oh, well, Cooper Cup is one of the best sell highs right now. And I was kind of thinking from the perspective that I love Cooper Cup. I, a couple years ago, he was one of my favorite startup picks, and I have him in a couple leagues, which has panned out. But in terms of selling Cooper Cup, I really don't think there are many, uh, many managers that are willing to pay that top five price for Cooper Cup right now. I think that if you were to sell Cooper Cup, unless, unless he's caught in the mix in paradox where the owners are high and the buyers are low, you're going to have to sell him for a mid-tier wide receiver one price. So I kind of wanted to go through a, a bunch of players and like, you know, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, I think are two very similarly priced wide receiver assets in a similar range. Would you sell these guys for that mid-tier wide receiver one price? Are you smash buying them for this mid-tier wide receiver one price? What is the mid-tier wide receiver one price? Who wants to take it? Uh, we, we talked about before, specifically the receivers. But to me, these guys are just almost always a sell. Because receivers are, are, in my opinion, much different than uh, most other positions where you can move down – gain a first-round pick, and still have similar value. I get Cooper Cup was like a game-breaking wide receiver this year. So Cooper Cup is kind of the outlier in, in terms of that. But we saw in our third and 20 league, the person who I'm, Captain Dees, tried trading him the entire season and just could not get what he thought was fair value for Cooper Cup. To me, I think Cooper Cup, yeah, he might have one or two more like fantastic years. But if I could trade Cooper Cup and – trying to think of what on top of Cooper Cup would be fair value for, like, Cooper Cup for DJ Moore, right? What do you guys think on top of DJ Moore you could get for trading Cooper Cup? Not a whole lot. Right, but even that not a whole lot, I think I'd consider taking. Because uh, it's just like, DJ Moore... Was, like was if it, you're it, trying, it. if you're trying to go for a player like DJ Moore, who's you know a guy that's had a thousand yards multiple times, is still under the age of twenty five. Like if you're trying to trade Cooper Cup for that, you're not going to get a whole lot on top of it. Um, you might feel like it after the season he had. He obviously looks like he's going to win you know the receiving triple crown yards, touchdowns, receptions. Like he's gonna he's gonna do that this year, and it's a historic season. And don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player, but at the age of twenty eight. And you're trying to, you know, move to a guy that's a multiple-year, 1,000-yard, 25-year-old, 26-year-old, whatever DJ Moore is, like, you are not going to pick up a whole lot of additional assets on top of that because you're going He's to get to the division. Like four. 
Exactly. That even is even better. <laughs> like you're not, you're, you're like not, you're not going to pick up nearly anything. I would be, think you'd be keep, hard. Keep trade cutting. Keep trade cuts telling me I could get Brandon Cooks on top of DJ Moore, which is something sure, I could, would do if possible. But I don't know. Sure, you could pick up a, an aging player like Brandon Cooks as well, who's going to be productive for the next two years, three years. Sure, I would do that. I don't think that's a bad add on top of DJ Moore. But get the the problem is like Frank said, it's the mixing paradox here, where the people that have Cooper Cup are just seeing these crazy numbers he put up the whole season, and then you're like, well, I can get DJ Moore and. Brandon Cooks, and they're like, mm, I don't think so. So I think it's going to be one of those things that it's really tough to, to come to a deal here unless the the person that's trading away Cooper Cup is really willing to settle in the middle somewhere. See, my opinion after hearing you guys talk for a little bit, because I, I mean, I have Cooper Cup in definitely one league. I may have him in two. Um, I don't really want to trade him. Mainly because I'm a contender, so I feel like it doesn't really make sense for me to trade him. It's like, what what am I going to get? I feel like if I'm going for value, it's just worth holding on to him. But hearing you guys talk, I feel like if I were to trade him, I would want to package Cooper Cup with a first-round pick or something to try and get one of the premium, premium assets in Superflex Leagues. I would want to pack and, and do a consensus overpay and get myself one of the top quarterbacks in the league or what I think is the top running back in the league or the top receiver in the league or Kyle Pitts. I think that that's the only real way I would want to do that. And I I would be glad to overpay for someone I think it's worth overpaying for. Do you you think you could trade Cooper Cup and your contender first? Let's assume it's pick 110 this year for Kyle Pitts. Cooper Cup and 110 for Kyle Pitts. I don't think so. I think I'd have to add no. more, but what if I added on a second round pick? A first, no. a second, and Cooper Cup. You don't think All right, that's Jake, Jake you'll, you'll be our guy. We'll, we'll, we'll do the trade right now. Frank's got Cooper Cup. He's got pick 110. He's got a few other draft picks. How much more does he have to add on to, to get Kyle Pitts from you? I want another, another first. first. I want another so, first. So you want, you want Cooper Cup, uh, 110, and the 2023. Mid to yeah, late I mean, if if you start creeping, if you start creeping up into the 105, 106 range on that pick, then you could talk about throwing in a second. Or, I mean, I think the likelihood is you'll probably have to throw in another player if you th- rather than just picks here. Uh, if you're a contender, just to to do something like that because your picks are going to be likely later in the draft. So I, it's going to be tough to put together a package that both sides are going to want to agree to because the guy that's trading away the young shiny asset is going to say, well, your pick's late. I don't want to do that. I would rather throw in another player than start throwing in draft picks, especially if I'm a contender. Cause my, my contender 2023 first is going to be, I think heavily undervalued. That, yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that point. I think what do you like? Kyle Pitts is someone I would like 100% target if I was giving up Cooper Cup in the first. But like you are going to have to add on more stuff to that. And it's just at what point is it just worth keeping Cooper Cup? Um, and if we're talking like what kind of quality player would we be talking that that you think you'd be willing to give up on top of Cooper Cup and the first for Kyle Pitts? Like, That's like, what give I was me thinking. A player. Give me a player that... Um... Hmm. Well, see, it's annoying because I know you guys love Kyle Pitts. Um, 
Oh, you're gonna have to make it flashy. What about like Judy and a second? JT wouldn't accept that. I mean, well, see, we're, no, we're, we're starting to get into it. But the thing is, is that I wouldn't just pigeonhole myself into just Kyle Pitts. Like, I would go for just all these guys in this tier, well, right? Like, the, the, this is where the issue is that we're talking about, right? Because this is what Keep Trade Cut says versus reality. I think it's very different in in terms of according to Keep Trade Cut, you could trade Cooper Cup and twenty twenty two late first. For Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts. No, you can't. In reality, I don't think you could trade it. Like, well, yeah, I don't think funny. you could trade they, for they any of those. They changed players. the algorithm not too long ago with this with this value adjustment on Keep Trade Cup to make it a Keep Trade Cup, Keep Trade Cut, so that it's easier for you to trade higher tier but not the highest tier assets for the highest tier assets, which is a change that it was received well, but I didn't really agree with. I think it was more so for like going from when DJ Moore was valued as like a top five receiver during the league, like going from T Higgins, who was apparently going down. I don't really think many of the T Higgins managers were saying he was down, but like, let's just take the keep trade cut values as if they were fact. If you were to do T Higgins for DJ Moore at the top five value. Okay. I think it makes sense there. But in this scenario where we have, a Cooper Cup for a Kyle Pitts. I agree with you guys. I don't think this is this is reality here. Saying I could give up Cooper Cup and DJ Chark as a fair trade for for Kyle Pitts, no fucking shot. Um, but like I, right. I think a Lamar Jackson could be a, a pretty decent target because Lamar Jackson, because he has the longevity fears, is going to be probably priced less than Kyle Pitts. Maybe is he? Mm, is that right? No. Am, I, am I, I just I talking out of my so. ass here? <laughs> I, I, I think they're probably pretty similarly valued just because one's a Let, quarterback. Let, let's let's play a quick game, right? I'm oh, just going to yeah, run down this list. I'm going to run down this apparently. list. Hmm? Lamar Jackson is worth a lot more than Kyle Pitts, apparently. That surprised me a little bit. Oh. All right, I'm going to run down this list, and you guys are going to tell me stop when you think a deal can be made. You have Cooper Cup, and you have pick 110 in this draft. All right? Which of these players that I'm just going to start rambling off, you tell me stop uh, gets the deal done. So we got DeAndre Swift, CD Lamb, Javante Williams, AJ Brown. Wait, wait. I'm confused saying, at what's happening. I'm now. confused. Oh, you're saying so, how so low can we go? We, yeah, yeah. How much yeah. lower? How much further down? Okay. Any of those? I was going to say, like, yeah, oh, it's DeAndre Swift, see you, bud. Yeah, like, I was very <laughs> confused. Okay, go on. So, so, yeah. All right. So there's Swift, CD Lamb, Javante Williams, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. I think you could get Tyreek Hill for Cup no. plus. No, you don't I, I think, think so? you might be able to get like all those guys. Oh, you're saying other than Swift? Well, I think Swift Swift has has like a cult following where it's like I don't think you get him. Javante, you'd have a tough time. Um, but I so, think so. You think wide receivers you can? You think receivers you can? Running backs you can't. Yeah, I mean, especially to a contender, dude. Like when when draft type is in full swing and there's potentially a Jamison Williams on the board at one ten. Or whoever the fuck, David Bell, someone. There's going to be a damn good player there at 110 that's not being like 110 right now is not worth 110 in three months, right? Once that that premium is added to these picks, dude, I don't know, man. I, I think that that you could get it done for I, some of these players, I, for at least one of we, them. We've talked about it on a previous episode, um, but I think. 
it's obviously if I'm doing this, I would definitely trade Cooper Cup and for and a first for like AJ Brown because I just think the the longevity that you're getting like I don't uh, I, normally. I, I... AJ Brown's injury history scares the living shit. See, out the of me. thing is though, is that when you're trading Cooper Cup, it's gonna be a value that you have to be losing on paper right now. Because no one wants yeah. not that no one wants to trade Cooper Cup. No one wants to trade their sexy, flashy first round pick valued young asset for Cooper Cup. You have to make the deal good enough to where a person is like, oh my god, I'm getting the triple crown receiver and this. Yeah, I have to take that. And it's kind of JT. Remember a couple of years ago when you traded for Patrick Mahomes, where it's like you have to just start stacking guys. You have to, and, and the yes. deal just has to be like, holy shit, I'm getting such a good deal. But at the end of the day, you are getting such a premium asset that it's worth it. So you're gonna have to overpay, but you're gonna have, have to stack up and get the that dude Patrick that you like. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to have get the dude that's like this guy is so good. I don't give a fuck. And as long as he doesn't start diddling masseuses. You're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> All right. Wait, hey. Cup wouldn't be that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same could be said about any of these guys on this list, right? Devontae Adams, uh, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans. I, the one I just thing think... I will say with all of these guys is it's kind of the rule that I, I live by and I try to try to do. I've gotten screwed over with it a couple times, but for the most part, Trade too early rather than too late. I know it sucks when you say, oh, you know, Dalvin Cook coming off last year, like he had a fantastic season top two, like I want to hold on to him. But like that was probably Dalvin's peak was after last season, after he had that incredible season. Um, this year he was more down, more injuries, you know, another year older as a running back. It's just a lot of things. And I think that's the same with the guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams and you know, it's just if you can get the value now, I don't want to wait because especially these aging guys that have been very well, successful in the past, you don't want to wait too late where their value starts to to come down off on the other side of their career. Like I've waited too late on Julio and now he's worth absolutely pretty much nothing. I can't get a third round pick right now for Julio if I wanted to. Like it's an absolute, it's it's insane. So you, I always try to say, sell too early rather than too late. Yeah, just just reminding you guys who's the lowest on Dalvin Cook this offseason? I, I feel like it might have been me. Okay, well, then I was right there with you. We were holding <laughs> yeah, hands. Yeah. Was that me with the two, with the two buff guys locking arms? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think something that's not being touched upon enough either is I get that he has Matthew Stafford, so obviously his numbers were likely to go up. But we're talking, like, and it's the same issue with, like, the Devontae Adams and the Travis Kelseys and everything. Touchdowns are just not a sticky stat. And Cooper Cup has 15 touchdowns this season on, on 16 games. He's averaging basically a touchdown per game. And that's just, statistically speaking, that's almost certainly not going to happen again this year. And so while he might not have a record-breaking season, I get that he can still be you know, a top five wide receiver. But now we're talking about 29-year-old Cooper Cup, who is now no longer wide receiver one. He's wide receiver six. And then, you know, how much, how many years does he have ahead of him? We're looking at exactly what D-Hop was this year, where you couldn't even trade D-Hop for 105 or 106. And, you know, now it's even worse. Or Michael Thomas. It's, you know, ask the Michael Thomas or D-Hop rosters this year. Uh, 
if they feel yeah if they nice. feel like they should have traded him in the offseason. Okay, here, the here's what scares me. Yes. Here's what scares me about Cooper Cup compared to because Michael Thomas. I, the reason Michael Thomas's value went down is not because he's not talented; it's because he's a lunatic at this point. To a certain extent, he's not an Antonio Brown level lunatic. Most, but most like, good wide receivers have to. The be guy was bit. going nuts. The guy was like getting fights in practice and shit, and and the injury, the way that either he or the team handled the injury, something went wrong there. Um, whether that's on him or the team, I have no idea. But the the thing that scares me about Cooper Cup is almost the reason why he's good, and it's like you're seeing the way that teams are using. It looks like McVeigh. I don't think he invented it, but he's definitely popularized the shit out of it. Is these damn option routes have been taking the NFL by storm? And if you look at it, every team is copying what McVeigh has done. It's the copycat league, and everyone like you see it with the Raiders and Hunter Renfro, the Vikings and Justin Jefferson are doing the same shit, right? Devonte Adams and the Packers. Everyone is doing, except for the Steelers, everyone is doing the freaking option routes with their with these number one receivers. They are lining them up in the slot. They'll even line them up. They'll line them up as a running back. They're basically still in the slot. They're just lined up as a running back. And, and you know, they're, they're able to, hey, you read the defense. These are smart guys. And wherever you have leverage, you go. And they're picking defenses apart. But these defensive coordinators, given an offseason, they're going to catch the up. One, yeah, what's the one thing they're going to be game planning for all see all off season? They're going to be these trying to find too. ways to take away these option routes in the slot. That's going to be their number one priority this off season. Is this is the thing that is killing our defense? Aside from we have a Jamar Chase that's mossing our fucking corner, this is the number one thing that is killing us. So how are we going to stop? That's what scares me about Cooper Cup. Is almost the thing that has made him great. Is that what happens when the defenses get the edge? Then what happens to them? Like, I, I think you'll still be a good player, but clearly the offenses are a step ahead of the defenses right now in, in, in this aspect of game, of gameplay. Yeah. All right, we got right. to move on to, to these other guys. So, like, just quickly before, oh, go on, never mind. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry... Austin Eckler, kind of like a little bit all over the place, but I, I think that like these are kind of like the lower mid tier. I think Austin Eckler is probably the crowning jewel of these three right now with age and receiving and whatnot. I think that he would demand the highest price, but you could still get a pretty decent price for Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. What do you think the move is for these guys? Ship them. Oh. Done. See ya. Yep. All three? Yep. What are you looking for? Yeah, I'd probably trade all three. Um, personally, I would, I mean, you could, uh, similar to Cooper Cup, I'm a fan of kind of trading up here. I mean, these guys are all at one point top, you know, five dynasty running backs. I think if you really wanted to, you could throw a, fir- a late first round pick on top of these guys and it'll really, really entice someone to trade away the likes of a DeAndre Swift or someone like that. And I think you could do that. I, my issue is even DeAndre Swift, who I was you know, super high on and, and super confident about, I, like, other than Jonathan Taylor, I just, I'm not confident in, and I guess we'll, are we still doing the running back draft today? We're doing the yeah. running back draft today. We'll, we'll touch on it. 
But I'm just not confident in like any of these top guys other than Jonathan Taylor. I think we could see huge shakeups. I'm talking drastic shakeups in the next one to two years in terms of who, who the top ten running backs are. Where I agree. I mean, you know, I think that I think this year you have two running backs coming in that are very good in Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller, and then the following year is a loaded running back class with class with you know Bijan Robinson and. Um, Tank Bigsby and a whole lot of other guys in that class. So in the next two years, I think we do see a shift at the top end of this running back position. And I kind of think we even saw it starting really last year with, you know, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, um, obviously Jonathan Taylor, and continue this year with Najee Harris and Javante Williams, because all those guys are now, you know, bearing injuries to J.K. Dobbins and and uh, Akers. They're all basically RB1 dynasty running back ones at this point. So I think the running back position as a whole turns over very quickly. And just when you have a guy like Cook and Henry and Eckler, who have been at the top now for two, three, four years almost, it's it's time to say, okay, um, I'm moving on and the next tier will come in. Even if you just get, you know, a first round pick in 2023, I think that's not a bad move because you could get a, a, a running back in that class that's just, just going to basically step in and hopefully replace who you traded away. Well, I think with Dalvin Cook, man, his value is a little bit higher on keep trade cut than I expected it to be. I think with Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler, I would be willing to break them down into multiple pieces. And I think that that would be the move that I would try for them if you can pull it off. So, like, if I could get... I'm trying are you to find for like a, first, a first plus. Like, what are you looking? Well, yeah. If I could get Hollywood in a first, or Mike Evans in a first, or Keenan Allen in a first, or Amari Cooper in a first, I think that that might be a move that I would heavily consider. And I think that I don't know how you guys think that's a realistic move that could happen. I, I think if I you're going the... away, I think I think it's a, those are like pretty realistic trades that could happen, but. I, if you're trading away one of those guys, I think you'll probably want to – it's going to be tough just because if you're trading away running back of that caliber, there's not many of them, even at their age. So you're going to want one back, and I think if you're getting especially a late pick or even mid to late pick in this year's draft, you're just not going to find a running back to replace him. So it's going owners are going to be hesitant to do that. And I don't think they're going to want to wait and take a 2023 first to wait and get that running back. Okay, yeah. Well, according to keep trade cut, the 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 side that I would want is winning by an unfair amount. So, I mean, it's relatively marginal. But so yeah, I guess you wouldn't be able to pull that off. So we're back to the drawing board. What would we look to get for these guys? <laughs> if if you went in the opposite direction, right? Do you think Derrick Henry plus pick one oh seven, one oh eight gets you the likes of a Dak? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I think he definitely could. The thing is with Derrick Henry right now is that everyone still has in the back of their mind that this guy was fucking nuts. All right, you'll have contenders that want to trade for Derrick Henry. Does Dalvin Cook plus 107 or 108 get you, Dak? Anyone in the chat, what are you thinking? Let's let's get a chat opinion. They're kind of on on delay, so we'll, we'll probably have to vamp for a little bit here. Um, but yeah, to to me, when we're talking about these kind of players, 107, 108, plus the Derrick Henry, 
if I'm looking to, like you were saying earlier, park value, I think that's the best way to do it is just give up for a quarterback. Then, you know, off season comes around, a, a team needs a quarterback. You, you move Dak Prescott for a, a young quarterback plus a first or, or, you know, a young running back plus a first. Like, I think that's the... Well, yeah, that, that was the it. other other thing I was going to consider. Is is there any consideration in just trying to downgrade a back and making up the value in draft capital? Um, whether I it's mean, an I Elijah think... Mitchell, Travis Etienne, um, Michael Carter, someone. Those are all running backs I'd rather not trade for if I have one of those. Those top yeah. guys. So yeah, let me ask you, like. Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry, what running back would you look to move into and what draft pick would, would you think makes it up? Okay, let's see. Like, would you want to go into an Aaron Jones? I think that that's somewhat reasonable. No, no, no. no. no I, don't want to uh, I feel like that's a lateral move at that point. It, it's probably a down um, to not even... Nothing. Josh Jacobs? Josh? No. Oof. No. I mean, Playoff what lane? about like... What about like... J.K. Dobbins. Where's like where? Uh, See, the thing is, is that I think that that's going to be such a similar price. Or even if you go to like, what about like Josh Jacobs? Like, what about a guy like that? I I don't want Josh Jacobs either. Who who would you um, recommend, J.T. Damien? The ones I'm looking at that. Nah, Cam Akers. Um, that's what I yeah, Cam Akers, but. I don't. I think Cam Akers is kind of low. And if you wanted to do something like that, you'd probably have to do it like right now, um, before yeah, all the right Benjamin Paul said he would trade it for Dak, but he but not give up Dak. I mean, I think that's the consensus. I think the guy that has Dak is going to be hard pressed. Yeah. So to we're back to the drawing away. board. Yeah, it's just a tough spot. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I guess it's up to us to, to tell you what to do or like to try and solve. Well, what if, what, if, what but, about you try to go into a tight end like a TJ Hawkinson or something or a Darren? I just Walker. don't like Hawkinson. Uh, like, I don't like that. Well, who do we fucking like? How about that? Who do we, we, we like? We, all, we, we always go back to all, all roads lead back to Kyle Pitts. Do whatever it takes to get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but at the end, I I think what about the kills? safest. I think the I mean, safest they're probably good. The safest route that I would look to go in is is go for the likes of you know a T Higgins, the likes of uh, maybe an Elijah Moore, maybe Terry McLaurin, a guy that's had a bad year that you could. I think T Higgins pretty... is worth more than Dalvin Cook right now. Though. Yeah, I think you'd have an issue trading those guys straight up for T Higgins. And the problem, Andrews, Andrews, I think, is worth more than Dalvin Cook, too. I think TJ Hawkinson could be a nice little value because I think you could get a decent draft capital on top of Dalvin Cook for TJ Hawkinson. It really depends on the manager, though, because uh, I think that the astute owners, the astute students in the classroom, would remember that TJ Hawkinson was pretty damn highly valued at the start of the season. And he's still a consensus top five, I mean, maybe not consensus, but he's on keep trade cut a top five tight end. I still like Noah fan. Yeah, but I, do, I think that TJ Hawkinson could really have a breakout year in year four. That's the that's the year that year oh, three, year four. Now, now you have me thinking. Ready? No fan. Tight end one last week. Uh we'll do we'll do Dalvin Cook. 
for Noah Fant. And what we got on top, I, I gotta imagine you get good draft capital on Noah Fant. Yeah, you could definitely get a, at least a first. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to get more looking... than it. Really depends on where that first is at. Uh, all right. Well, mid first is like way too much. Like, like the Dalvin Cook size, not giving up enough. And a late first was the opposite. So somewhere in between a mid. No, I think first. I think a mid first is I, once again like it's gonna rookie fever is gonna hit. So these picks are gonna get pretty damn expensive sooner right, rather than later. Yeah. So so it'll probably be a late first, right? But in that late first, there's still the likes of. I don't think Kenneth Walker will make it to the late first by the time. No. I mean, it depends what on what the What about a tight end like Dawson Knox? I feel like at that point, it's not. Oh. I don't want to pay up. Like, I don't want to break up Dalvin Cook into Dawson fucking Knox. I think that's my problem. But if you're breaking Dalvin no. Cook into to Noah Fant and Zach Charbonnet, or Noah Fant, and you could probably, I'd probably draft a receiver at that point. Noah Fant yeah, and they, David Bell, they Noah Fant and. Drake London, Noah Fant. Yeah. Noah Fant and Drake good. London is start, is something that's starting to, to sauce me up a little bit. <laughs> that I, I think that's the only that's the only solution that, that realistically would work. Hypothetically, what about just like two contender first? That's it. I, I think I would do that. I mean, maybe that's the play. Maybe we just ha- we would have to go for just draft picks. I think that's the play because at that point – even if you're taking a pick this year and a pick next year, or if they want to push it off till 2024, even the pick this year and pick in 2024, I think that's the play. Cause like I said, if you could scoop a Drake London this year and then in 2024 have two firsts and, and, and be in the running for uh, who's in that class. That's a good class as well. Is it not? Dude, 2023, 2024. Okay. So you got Braylon Allen, you got, um, the Ohio State running back, Travion Henderson. Travion Henderson. You got Caleb Williams. You got that Miami QB, who I think is pretty underrated. You got Brock Caleb Bowers. Williams. Caleb um, Williams. Is you got that spell. that Texas Brock receiver, Bowers. Xavier Worthy. Um, you got some nice players looking like in 2024. And that's right. all right. So I think, and that, exactly. And it's only going to increase from there as players pop up in the next two years. So I think if you can just get straight up two contender first, um, I think that's probably the play here, rather than taking a dice roll on a potential wasteland tight end. We'll see, because I'm also thinking back to our rebuild trade that we did. We traded, um, what was it? We traded Zeke for a first and Darno Mooney, and then traded Mooney in a second for a first. So the trade ended up basically being Zeke in a second for two firsts. And Dalvin right, Cook I, is definitely worth more now than Zeke was in the offseason last year. Right. If you have to throw in, you know, a third, a couple, two thirds to get the trade done, I, I don't think that's a problem. But um, we, we look so good right now trading Zeke for Zeke in a second first. for two first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends on how you like Mooney, but I still don't think you'd be able to trade Mooney for a first. He gets too yeah. much hate. All right. I think we're running out of time though for the running back draft. Oh yeah, so we're not gonna be able to do the running back draft. That was that's just fake right. news. So so might as well just <laughs> finish it off with some of these other guys. Like Jake, you have Travis Kelsey. What the heck do you do with Travis Kelsey? Dog, I ask myself the same question every week. <laughs> um I don't know. I like you could try to trade him. I mean, he's probably gonna have another top four tight end season next year. 
So I think if you a, a contender is really looking for a tight end, you could you could ship him off. I don't think you'll get much more than a late first at this point. Um, you you could try to transition into like a Noah Fant and an early second, maybe. I I don't even know if you'll get that. Um, people are obviously Kelsey is thirty two at this point. It just puts him in a really weird spot because he is still a top tight end, but the fall off for tight ends has historically happened very quickly. Um, we've seen it with you know Jimmy Graham and a bunch of other guys. So I think if you have to trade Kelsey this off season, which is a bummer for a guy me personally who's had him for all these tight end one seasons for the past like five years so yeah i just think the thing is is that his keep trade cut values at um around like Devonte smith um a couple other guys hold on it's 5300 so it's like a pretty uh antonio gibson i just DJ don't think Moore. you're gonna get that dj moore saquon no, barker i i, I would think not he's trade well DJ under that Travis right now Kelsey. yeah i'm not giving up DJ. i moore think your Travis best Kelsey. bet is a late first at this point for travis kelsey which just sucks to do. It really does. No matter how much, how old he is and how much you think he's going to fall off next year, trading a guy that's been a top five tight end for the past seven years really is just a brutal trade. I don't know if I want to give up a late first for him. I think I might just keep him. That's the What's argument. What's stopping him from pulling a couple oh, of long type seasons? I mean, what about Waller? You guys holding him, or should I try to trade him? I think Waller's. I'm holding because I like. Waller. I think Waller's in the same boat. I mean, he. I think Waller's thirty now, is he not? Yeah, but he hasn't 30. played nearly as much as Travis Kelsey. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like it. It's like your body starts to fall deteriorate at that age, no matter how much you've played. It just ex, you know expedites. Unless you're Tom Brady. Yeah, unless you're a freak. <laughs> Um, I think I would trade Waller too. The problem is the tight end position is as a whole, especially in tight end premium leagues, is just it's such a valuable spot because it creates such an advantage if you have a good one that like you might just say I'm gonna ride Kelsey till he dies and then just pick Darren, up another one. Darren Waller's tight end six on keep trade cut. I mean, I guess Andrews definitely jumped him. Hawkinson, I guess. Yeah, Benjamin, I think you're right. That's kind of the boat that you have to decide in. It's like you either have to accept that you're going to take a losing trade on Kelsey or he's just going to have to die on your roster. To be honest, I think I'm more in the I'd rather have him die on my fucking roster boat than I trade think him. So. Dude, if, he, so if he comes out here and has another top three tight end season, I am really going to regret trading him for that late first round pick. I may... Mm, Mm. You, you may not though you may not you can Maybe get it you know yeah if you're gonna get like 109 for him and you end up with garrett wilson or drake london how bad do you feel then like you don't feel yeah, that true. well i mean we don't know what those players will end up being but yeah i mean if we're talking this year like you trade travis kelsey for the likes of jalen waddle or yeah. Oh, yeah, you're probably pretty Javante, feeling damn good about yourself if you traded him for Jalen Waddle. Um, hey, it depends on spot. if you hit in your rookie draft, though, which is obviously... Yeah, it, obviously not. it leaves a chance, but I don't know how bad you feel if you take that late first. It just sucks because you're not going to find a tight end to replace him probably this season. The, wor the worst, though, is it's Kyle Pitts and then everyone else... 
in terms of I don't think you could trade any of those next guys for Kyle Pitts without like a massive overpay. Like Probably just not. massive overpay. Like like you're better off just trading other things than these tight ends because these tight ends are just not valued like Kyle Pitts is valued. So to move from tight end two to tight end one is probably a ridiculous price that no one's going to want to pay. Yeah, Benjamin, yeah. I think a lot of Kelsey owners were in the same boat because I, I was in a league too where I was trying to buy Kelsey. I offered a a first, a second, and Darnell Mooney and was hard rejected. Like I, I got laughed at. And um, I think that they people were trying to get the tight end one price, but no one wanted to pay the tight end one price this, this season. And now it's just, it, it's gone down still. It's like, He's in the same boat as last year. He's just worth less now. It's like, okay, he's valued, and everyone agrees that he's a top-five tight end, but no one wants to pay the top-five tight end price for him. So wait, you offered a first, second in Mooney and got rejected for Kelsey? Yeah, and I, honestly, I'm looking mm. back at it, I'm pretty glad that I got rejected. <laughs> it might have helped me in That's the championship run, but I, we went on to one. The guy went off in our league. So, mm-hmm. Dude, want to hear something funny? It was a rematch of the championship last year, and we got smacked twice in a row. <laughs> we got that sucks. smacked. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I. It does feel like you're just going to have to decide. Like, okay, am I okay with this guy being worth nothing on my roster mm-hmm. next year, but potentially giving me an, another playoff shot, playoff appearance, whatever I do in the playoffs is more. Well, what if you yeah. moved him for like a David what? Montgomery? Is that possible? That's interesting. I would think so. I don't know if I'd necessarily do that though, because I'm not the biggest David Montgomery guy. Or what if you tried no. for an Aaron Rodgers? You went from one old fart to another. <laughs> like, well, I think you got to start that, getting some creativity here instead of just wallowing in our misery. First, I what think you should get more than Aaron Rodgers on top. But I also like the difference from Aaron Rodgers to whoever, whatever quarterback, and difference from Travis Kelsey to whatever tight end, like the, the potential production that they could give is, like, Travis Kelsey is keeping you in, in playoff games when he's at his peak. Aaron Rodgers is just, he's status quo, I think. Like, you know, I, I just think the positional advantage that Travis Kelsey gives you if he's at his peak is way better than Aaron Rodgers at his peak. Well, Travis Kelsey, I mean, could I get Zach Wilson it, it, plus for him? I don't know about plus, but I think you could do a one-for-one one swap of. I mean, what about Hollywood? Depend- I don't want Hollywood, but yeah, I wouldn't want Hollywood. But am I the only guy that likes Hollywood here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the sell all Ravens guy and the Bateman lover over there. That's true. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> um, Amari Schmoop. Any love for the Schmoop? Schmoop plus. Oh. No, I'd probably still rather just have Kelsey because I think you're in similar position yeah, if you go with uh, Amari Cooper. D Hop plus? Maybe. The plus on D Hop would be interesting. Yeah, just because of that. Um, now, my other question is what if you, what, what is Kelsey and, you know, an early second get you? Something like that, a mid-second, Kelsey, and something like that. What do you, what can you trade into? I gotta imagine mid-first. 
Yeah, not, that not sounds like a kind of like a draft day trade. Like you're you're trying to trade up yeah. from your early second into the first. Look, you got a guy. Yeah, I could definitely see this now. Like looking at right, you're you're picking at two oh six. You know, injuries caused you to miss the playoffs, and you have a guy who's in there at 108, 109, somewhere in that range who just made the playoffs, but he's like that one piece away from really competing and really giving it all, at least in his mind he is. And you give up that Travis Kelsey plus your 206 for that 108 or 109, I, I could see that happening pretty easily, maybe even 107. Yeah, you snag know. a Drake London or something? Yeah. Draft day fever could be... Yeah, that might be it tough depend, to do. It depends with the NFL draft, too. I mean, know, we just said Chelsea was probably worth the late first straight up. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 110, 111, 112. There's going to be a big difference. Okay, well, I, I think the first thing we need to ask ourselves, though, is that is the cliff here? Like, is Travis Kelsey going to just suck next year? Or is he going to do a similar thing to this year again? I mean, because he's I tied to what's considered to be the, the top quarterback in the league. I don't think there's any question because about it. His and price right now is that he's going to be a, a highly, like a top three tight end next year and potentially the year after. Where it's like, if you were deathly scared of him sucking, why not just move him for Aaron Jones and, and like a second? Where you go from one older asset to another older asset and you get a draft pick. And you hope that the older asset that you go into doesn't die next year. That's a risky I think you're proposition. In the same boat, though. I think that's a very risky proposition. That's yeah, it does I feel like you're playing with fire there. Honest. Yeah, because, you know, you, you end up trading Chavis Kelsey plus a little bit for Dalvin Cook, and now we're just back in the same position of what we give up Dalvin Cook for. <laughs> it's just, Dude, I don't know. I'm just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think I, I what's think... sticking on at least Travis Kelsey is you just let him die. Just no, 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 this, this. no, I, I think you have to get out. I'm, what about, I'm, my advice is get out. What about Rondell Moore in a first? Yes. I'm is Rondell that Moore possible? Trooper, I mean, I think that's possible. I mean, I you have know. Rondell Moore. Jake has Travis Kelsey in our home league. Yeah. Does that work? Jake, are you I giving mean... up Kelsey for Moore in a first? What pick? One ten. Uh, Frank, what are you? One ten. Or one eleven. I'm one eleven. More than one eleven for Kelsey. I mean, is it a I fair don't... trade at least? Yeah, I, I think, think it's I, I it's something that. it's something that like I'd consider. I don't think I actually end up doing it. Just just because. Apparently, my... it's an overpay on the more side. Yeah. Now that I'm. I would do that if I had Travis Kelsey. I don't think I think it's not by much though, by a fucking Terrace Marshall or a Trey Sermon. So it's like essentially. So JT's favorites from last year. Um, I it it's going to depend who's on the board because I do like the back end of the first this year. I think there's a lot of good value in that pick, but that doesn't mean I think I should trade away my tight end, especially because what's going to happen is when you trade away Travis Kelsey. Who's stepping into that tight end spot? You do have to play a tight end every week. Wait, so you're thinking of keeping Travis Kelsey in that trade? Okay, then that's a fair trade, then. Then it's a fair trade. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's a fair trade. On what we're receiving. Jake's in the 
we we've we figured it out we got into the bottom of it. Jake's now he's made it clear he's in the let Kelsey die on your roster unless you get an overpay for Kelsey, oh, which you probably won't. Yeah, because and I'm because, in the get out now on Kelsey. Just because of the t- especially in a, a non tight end premium league, I think I get out 100. percent But in a tight end premium league, it just provides such an advantage. You know, a Kelsey who's gonna get you six, seven, eight receptions a week. That's just such an advantage over the next guy who's starting Tyler Higby, who's starting, you know, Gerald Everett. Like, like there's a lot of tight ends that are just the wasteland. And if you have a guy that's going to be at the top, regardless of age, it's tough to not, tough to go out of that and want to take on a wastelander, regardless of what you get. Wait, you don't you don't think this is looking? Oh, geez, my wrong screen. Sorry. God, I have this all fucked up. Where's the wasteland? I'm now having to watch on YouTube and wait. Yeah, I, the execution was poor, but you guys get the uh-uh. point. I'm pulling up a picture of a wasteland, as you couldn't tell. Oh, there it is. Um, what? This doesn't look appetizing to you? This wasteland <laughs> here? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I think I might be willing to jump into the wasteland. Because I see, oh, look over there. That's a Rondell Moore. Oh, look at that. That might be a 2024 first. Yeah, that's what you see out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I think Rondell Moore has gone from, he was kind of overvalued after his, his one really good game. Then now I think he's back to being undervalued pretty heavily. And You've said it yourself, Jake. You like these these late first round picks. I specifically the receivers I like. And if the receivers I feel like are, are making it that long, especially the top four, who I'm still struggling to make out which one's the one, two, three, and four in my rankings. Oh, uh, if I think they're making it that far, I I'd just rather have those guys. And then I get that every week you have to start a tight end, but at some point Travis Kelsey's not going to give you that positional advantage. And whether that's this year, next year, two, three years down the line, that's the big question. And and that's the where you go and preach, like get out too early and not too late. So Yeah, chatters, what do we think? Rondo more in one eleven or Kelsey? What are you taking? Anyone that's, in the it's chat? A, it's a very fair trade. I, I don't I don't dislike it. Just Unless you have a tight end like that can step in, unless like not even a top one, but just like a guy that can step in and be semi-productive right behind him. If you're going to the likes of Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, I'm just not gonna like it's it's such a tough move. See, the thing though is that I really don't think right now it's impossible to trade for a guy like a Kittle, a TJ Hawkinson, or a Darren Waller. Robert Miller's saying he wants Kelsey in that. Uh, Dallas Goddard, too. I think Dallas Goddard is a guy that could easily jump into a, a pretty good tight end spot. I mean, he's been playing well recently, and fuck, he's not very, very high, it seems like. Like, I, I think, I think yeah, just yeah. because you trade Kelsey away doesn't mean that you can't then go and trade for another tight right. end. Right. Think, I think it would definitely, at least if you're trying to build a contending roster for, for next season, it would have to be paired with another move to bring in a Hawkinson, a Fant. Uh, uh, any of those, you know, lesser. Of the Everyone's top saying Kelsey. Ch- Ch- Everyone's Ch- saying Kelsey. Kelsey. I, I'm in the, I'm in the boat though. Of I think Rondell Moore is getting. If you had said a different wide receiver around the the price of Rondell Moore, which, 
Let me now go and look up where Rondell Moore is currently being ranked. I might be in the Kelsey boat, but yeah, like if you're telling me Kadarius Tony or you're telling me Darnell Mooney plus this, then it's a it's a different story. But I just think Rondell Moore is getting underrated at this point for someone that I think can have Debo Samuel like potential in in Arizona offense. Yeah, does does that does it the trade change at all if you if you put in a Carderis Tony or um some of those other receivers you said who else did you say? So so players ranked around where Rondell Moore are, I'll do the the five above and below. This is a um, question for chat, by the way. Like, is it does this change yeah. at all for you guys? Bateman, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Mooney, Claypool, Hopkins. Then on the other side, you got Hunter Renfro, Kadarius Tony. Lockett, Mike Williams. No, I Gallup, think Andy, I think I think Rondo was just injured. I'm not sure. I don't think he was a healthy scratch. I think he was ruled out. I don't know what for. So maybe he was, but I don't think he was. All right, but any of those guys, like I, I mean, maybe I'm just higher on Rondo more than consensus, and that could be why. Well, I am too. I think I'd rather have Rondo more than those guys. But I listen. I know that there are people that still really like. Um, Carderis Tony. Yeah, it was an ankle injury for Ron Dillmore. Like, I imagine there's there might be people that are still interested in giving up a first round pick for Carderis Tony, even though it might be fewer and fewer by the day. That's right, interesting. Um, this is going to be a life's greatest question for this offseason and if Kelsey has another good year the following offseason and it's going to be <laughs> Joe Herbert just... saying that ba- Bateman's very interesting in that trade yeah I mean I don't think you're going to get that though a lot okay of Benjamin Paul just said that Rondale was the problem <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's fine. maybe it's the, our Rondale evaluation that is <laughs> steering people away All right, uh, yeah uh, that's it seems like you could get I mean, a receiver that you like plus elite first for Kelsey, and you could trade Kelsey for a receiver that you like in elite first. And he said he's not a fan of Rondell, but he's still keeping Kelsey. I mean, I guess that's a, a type of deal you could consider, though, if you had a Kelsey. I mean, dude, you could just fire those bitches off like bang, 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 bang for every receiver that you like. And if you need a little more, why not throw a little pick swap on there? You know, just a little, little something, something. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's tough to get more than, than something like that for Kelsey. I, I think at the end of the day, for Kelsey, unless you can get someone that really wants to buy him as a contender, maybe you have to wait until during next season and wait for him to like pop off for everyone to be like, oh shit, Kelsey's like a beast. I forgot. Um, maybe you trade him then, but it. If you're going to do it in the offseason, you're probably going to have to have some creativity creativity to really squeeze out as much value as you can. And because that goes there the definitely same for... is an argument for just holding him. Where, where did you end up falling on that line, Frank? Are you holding or are you trading? For Rondell and, one, and, and 111? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would do is turn that 111 into a 2024 first and see what happens. Fair. And if I can do that for a 2020, I mean, I would try for a 2023 first, though, but the jury's kind of out on that. 
Um, I don't think you can move 111 for a 2023 first. Yeah, I, that's why I would go for 2024. So I, I would look for a 2024 first and, and, and Rondell Moore. And I think I'd be happy with that to a certain extent. Um, I have Kelsey in one league and I traded him for Saquon and two round ones. That's a steal. How? Robert How? Miller, I wish I had your wit or whatever powers you have. <laughs> Obviously, Saquon's value is down, but to get two firsts for Kelsey alone, you probably won't get in most leagues, at least. Um, all right, I guess. Yeah, I'm lost quick. on that. Let's go um, Rodgers and Mike Evans are the last two guys we have on here. I mean, Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, I guess you can kind of interchange to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, well, let's go for those guys. I think it's more interesting. Or do you want to go with Rodgers? I think, I think the receivers are more interesting just because Rodgers, likely if you're a contender, you're going to hold him just because his upside's a you know, top 10 QB for the season. But if you're not, then you're – I don't think the price will be that high. I think it'll be probably late first, early second for Rodgers. Probably early, late first, more, more so. But I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is kind of high. He's he's ranked above Russell Wilson right now. That's that's just blasphemy. Well, Russell Wilson's also. I, I mean, listen, I do that too. I love Russell Wilson, but you're talking to the biggest Russell Wilson lover this side of the Mississippi. Um, it's funny because I wanted to touch on Mike Evans and Keenan Allen because these are two receivers that I've really liked in Dynasty. I mean, I traded a first-round pick for Keenan Allen in our home league. Um, I think these are two guys that if you had them recently, you've been very, very happy with the production and have been very happy to hold them. But I think this is the year that I am looking to sell both of them, which is kind of shocking for me to say, but... It's kind of a similar reason to why I sold Allen Robinson last year in that we're talking about 29 and, and 28 and 30-year-old receivers that every single person is going to say they're undervalued, they're worth it, they're worth to trade for. And it, it seems like we're getting into this mode where it's like because we've been so accustomed to these guys being towards the top of the leaderboards and being super consistent, they're tied to good quarterbacks, that we think that the, the journey will just keep continuing for years and years and years. And yeah, maybe it could be an Adam Thielen. But dude, the second, the microsecond that these guys have any semblance of struggling, look at Mike Evans early in the year, right? He has one bad week one. He doesn't even have a bad couple, a bad week one, and his value tanked. I am getting out of these players if I can get halfway. If I can get the keep trade cut value for these guys, I am out because it's over a first round pick. And for for receivers, see, this is the difference right here on these guys compared to to the tight end position in Kelsey where we just left is that there is so many wide receivers. There's so many. There's about four tight ends that I that I like. So if I could even just, you know, downgrade at wide receiver out of these guys into a slightly younger asset, not even like super young, 25, 26, 27, in that range, you know, have get two more years of production and pick up a pick, I think that's the move on these guys. Um, the, and that's just because of just the vast amounts of wide receivers that we've 
that are available. You know, even guys like Hunter Renfro, he came out of nowhere this year to be a top receiver this year, which is crazy in its own right. But if you could pick up another receiver <clears throat> and a pick, it just feels like the move on these guys. And you guys want to know a fun stat? I don't know. I'm if it's ready a stat, for this. Technically, yeah. I don't know if it's a stat now. I'm saying it, but just an interesting thing to observe. Mike Evans, he had 213 fantasy points last year. This year he has 202. Right, so 11 less points. He played one less game too, though. So 11 less points, basically like nearly the exact same season. Like he's finishing like right around the same spot. According to keep trade cut, he's he's lost an early second worth of value, and, and he's just had the same season. Just by holding on to Mike Evans and having the exact same season that he's had, you've lost an early second worth of value, which is crazy. That's the price yeah. of Mike Evans getting one year older. Well, yeah, the, the other thing too, though, and we saw this with, with D-Hop, right? The name is the reason why he's holding value still. It's not because of, I mean, Brandon Cooks is worth way less than him, and he has 20 less fantasy points. Per week, what is that? Like a, a point and a half? Something like that, yeah. So, like, I, I just think that we, we're reaching the point where the risk is not worth the reward. Listen, I, I think if you want to hold, that's fine. Like, I, I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike Evans. I think the Mike Evans especially is a Hall of Fame level talent. But the same thing was said for D-Hop. And the instant that this consistency, that this lock of, oh, this guy's going to finish with a 1,000 yards goes away, so does his value. And... We're, we're just getting into the point where every single person in the dynasty community is in agreement. We're like, oh, Mike Evans is undervalued. Mike Evans is going to put up a thousand yards. Mike Evans is going to do this. Okay, maybe he could do it next year. Look at Adam Thielen, right? Adam Thielen, if you bought him two years ago, was probably a pretty damn good buy. But at the same time, there were points where Adam Thielen was worth way less than Mike Evans is now. Like, I just think that I could sell Mike Evans now, get a receiver that will give me a little bit less production. But for a third of the price, half the price, I can invest in more stable assets or park my value somewhere else. And then the instant that people start panicking on him, God forbid he has another bad week fucking one again and his value tanks, I could pick him up for cheaper during the season again. Or I could pick, you know, I, I could do one of those. But I am just scared that an Allen Robinson D-hop scenario is, is on the horizon for these guys. Makes sense. So would you do Mike Evans for Brandon Cooks and a, a mid to early second? I'm looking for a first for these guys. I, I, I'll, I'm looking for a, a singular first round pick. Just straight yeah. up Mike Evans first round pick? Yeah. That's fair. I, don't know I, I would be pretty would comfortable be, but... parking my... I'm much more comfortable parking my value in the first than I am Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Even as yeah, a we... contender, I, I, I'm willing to forego the points. I'm assuming you're looking at you know, the 2023, 2024 class more so. I, I At this point, yeah, I mean, yeah, just because, like, I, I'd rather have the randomness. I mean... I also think as a contender to have the fluidity of a first-round pick is a very valuable thing. Because if you're a contender... The liquidity, do you mean? The fluidity, I, I don't know, what does the fluidity of a first-round pick mean? Just... The liquidity, same thing. Okay, okay. I think, yeah. I don't know just if you're talking about something different. No, just the ability to move it around. 
Because if you know, you could come the trade deadline and now someone's looking to trade Alvin Kamara and you have a first round pick to throw at him. That, that, that's just an example from this year. Next year, it'll probably be someone else. But that's just the life. That's what I'm talking about. Now you could just pick up that piece that you're missing at the trade deadline and really take off for your playoff run rather than not having a pick or being worried about trading away your only first round pick. And there, you could just do more with a first round pick compared to a player because you're always going to have, excuse me, you're always going to have people that dislike that player or think you overvalue that player. And just the first round pick is a very stable asset. Well, I mean, the other thing too, the last point on these guys is that Mike Evans is the highest price eighth season plus player. And the second highest is Keenan Allen. You think these guys are going up anytime soon? No fucking shot. Other than Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the only other eighth season player that is valued this highly. And he's another probably consensus sell by the dynasty community. But, like, I mean, we we talked about him earlier. There's no need to go back into the same discussion. Uh, I I would be way – I'd be very glad to park my value in a first-round pick for these guys, and I would probably avoid them in startups as well. I'm just not comfortable anymore taking them at, at their ADP. I think we're going to see their ADP drop significantly uh, and by by May, definitely, when the, the NFL draft happens. We're going to see them a lot lower than what they're at currently. Yeah, I, I just – I don't want to buy them at this price that they're at. I, I, I would – but, this year. like, if you're asking me well, who would I rather have, D-Hop at his price or Mike Evans at his price, I'm easily taking D-Hop at that discount. And I'm just scared that that's what's going to happen to these guys is that they're going to get the D hop treatment with one injury, one, two bad games, one bad game. And all of a sudden their value tanks and then see any chance of trading for a first round pick ever again. Yeah. We're three months from the NFL draft. I I don't think it takes rocket scientists to to think that three months from now, their value is going to be lower than it, it will be now. Like there's just no, there's no way they're gaining value from here on out. Yeah, and especially and, investing in an asset that is a 2024 first-round pick is guaranteed to gain value. It will not go down. I I will bet all of my money on it. <laughs> it will go up the in world. value. Kyle Shanahan, well, if we're all dead by 2024. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, you guys want to talk? This episode's going long, but I feel like people are into it. Well, where are you Robert guys Miller. Like Calvin Ridley and Robert yep. Woods? Um, Calvin Ridley's the weird one. Robert Woods, I'm selling. Uh, yeah, Robert Calvin Woods, Ridley. I, I don't think you can get much at this point. I would I, buy Robert Woods. I, I don't love it, but if I could buy him at a discount, I would buy him. Uh, for what? I, I don't, the issue is I was out on Robert Woods before this year. Maybe. I, think I wouldn't he, even do that. I yeah, wouldn't give up a mid-second for I, I don't know. I, I would attempt to nickel and dime the guy, the Robert Woods manager, if he's panic selling. Because, I, dude, I picked up Tyler Lockett for, like, 210 this year. And we, we swapped first-round pick years. So, like, I was pretty happy with doing that. So, like, a late second and a little bit of juice might be able to land you a Robert Woods at prime draft type. It really depends on the guy and the team situation. But you never know. I, I would try. Because you could get a productive wide receiver three flex player with wide receiver two upside for pennies on the dollar. I think Robert Woods is this year's lesser Kenny Galladay, where people kept trying to trade Kelly Galladay and like couldn't, and then 
you know, in season now, Kenny Galladay is even lower than where Kenny Galladay was. Um, I think you're just going to have to either cut ties or just similar to Travis Kelsey, kind of just think he's going to die on your roster and you're just going to live with his production, whatever that may be. And I'm personally not that high on what his production will be, especially if we think that the Rams are sticking with OBJ. Calvin Ridley is interesting because Calvin, I mean, if you bought Calvin Ridley, and I was someone that was probably more on the buy Calvin Ridley than than sell. Then again, I think that we were all, for the most part, on the whole. I didn't buy Calvin Ridley in any of my leagues personally. And if you bought Calvin Ridley at, like, right after he, he took this break, you're probably pretty unhappy with what you paid for him. Yeah. So, like... Uh... If there was a time to buy, it feels like it's now. What? Because so, like it, it seems like no one's talking about him, and and his value is just dropping more and more. But I, I don't know. It's still very risky. They, I don't. The, like, the owner is not going to sell for anything less than a first, just because he's still relatively relatively young. I, I, I think you can get an early really. second for him if he doesn't announce he's coming. I don't think he's worth a first round pick anymore, to be yeah, honest. I don't think you're getting a first at this point. Right. He, but I don't you say relatively gonna... young, but he's like the same age as Mike Evans. He's like a year younger than Mike Evans. He just he came really... into the league really late. Yeah. Um I to me, I, I think with Calvin Ridley, it's just like the longer you go without any updates, similar to Deshaun Watson, the lot less is I mean, obviously these are very different situations in terms of like what is going on with the actual player but the the longer you wait and don't hear any news like like the lower and lower his value is going to be um so i don't know i calvin really was someone though that i was always kind of low on and and now we don't know what's going to go on with matt ryan and the quarterback position on the falcons we don't know what Calvin Ridley is coming like when he's coming back if he's coming back there's just too many question marks for me where if I could get out on a reasonable price of that early second which I think you probably could I, I think an early second almost definitely gets it done uh, I do it which hurts to say but I'm more of the risk adverse anyway a guy anyway like I would never have traded for Tyreek Hill I wouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson I'd trade him away if I could for the most part the only ones that I'm willing to trade for potentially are the likes of Cam Akers, um, J.K. Dobbins. Like, like I'll go for injuries. I won't really go for those just for nonsense. You're a no nonsense kind of a guy. Yeah, no nonsense center back. Uh, what would you want in addition it. to Elijah Mitchell for Waddle? Um, I think probably a first at least. Yeah. So what yeah. on top of Mitchell for Waddle? Yeah, it would have to be a first. I, yeah, I'm just not a big Elijah Mitchell guy. I think I think you. I just put... think Shanahan uses whoever is healthy at running back. So I don't know if you're getting a first though on top of Elijah Mitchell because you got to think he is still like a running back who is producing at a young age. Oh, I, don't know, I think you could definitely get a first on top of him. Waddle is like you think top, so? Yeah, he's like a top eight wide receiver right now in dynasty. Yeah, but Mitchell's. Like, I don't even like Mitchell, but he's a top 20 running back, top almost top yeah. 15. Did it go from a top 20 running back to a top 10 wide receiver? I, I just think, why would, you sell, why would you sell Waddle? 
Why would you yeah. sell Waddle for anything less than a first on top of Elijah Mitchell? It's just yeah, it yeah. I sense. wouldn't. I like Waddle a lot more because I just don't like Elijah Mitchell. But I don't like with running back being such a premium position and this guy being what appears to be a starting running back. I don't know. I I I would trade. I would trade a first and Elijah Mitchell for Jalen Waddle. Oh, I would do it that way. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if we're in the majority opinion on that. I wouldn't give up mid first plus Elijah. I think a lot. I think there is a good group of people that would say they would much rather have Waddle than Elijah Mitchell in a first. But look, I'm not giving up a mid first plus Elijah Mitchell for Jalen Waddle. Like if we're talking 107 or or 108, where I think at least two of the the top four receivers in this class are like i don't think that the difference is that big from waddle to one of these top top guys yeah but i just think that you could get someone to give you a, a juicy 2024 first in elijah mitchell for waddle you love these 2024 first oh yeah dude i'm gonna be i'm gonna be acquiring some of these bad boys pretty soon just you wait all right um that a good place to cut it i think so I think this was All a right. good episode. Good yeah, long one. Yeah, we went a long. Um, yeah, we, we didn't even get to our last segment. <laughs> but it was kind of fun answering questions and just talking theory. Yeah, we I went hope, a little I off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope everyone else enjoyed that. I mean, we're just like brainstorming a strategy and everything. I don't know if that's, you know, comment on the YouTube if you made it this far, if that's something you like, or if you want us to switch it up, go back to the rankings or stuff. Like, I mean, with this off season, I'm all game for whatever kind of topics people want to hear about. Um, so, yeah, but thank you all for listening. Thank you, everyone who's hanging out with us on the YouTube chat. Um, shout out, everyone. We hit 200 subscribers on, on the YouTube, so that was pretty cool. Uh, thanks, everyone. Peace out, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>